Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. So today we're going to, this isn't the deep dive just yet, but we're going to talk about Sean's experiences as if you've heard of a few of the last episodes, we kind of talked about how Sean was in Thailand and was in Thailand for five weeks, right? Yep. Five weeks in search of uh, a next opportunity there, taking the leap, buying the plane ticket, all of that. So we're going to kind of just, we're going to jump into Sean's experience there. I'm going to ask him a few questions and, you know, this will be a nice precursor for the deep dive that we do into Thailand leagues and getting into that football there. But I think just from Sean and I speaking about it, you know, and some content that will follow some, some vlogs and things like that. Um, I, I find it so interesting and we find it so interesting just since we've been in Europe for a while that we kind of have to talk about Sean's experience and, uh, yeah, hopefully we leave no stone unturned, but I'm going to hand it over to you just kind of talking to us about, you know, those days leading up to you making a decision to take the jump to Thailand, you know, where your head was at and then, you know, bring us bring us into the day one and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so to start, so throughout the summer break, I knew I wanted to try something new outside of Germany. That was the idea in my head. Um Thailand or Southeast Asia was one of the main options. And then somewhere else in Europe was another option. And I was kind of exhausting both of those options. So networking as many people as I could get, speaking to them, seeing what they could do, finding more information, are their teams interested, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Where was that other opportunity in Europe? That was in Romania. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I was speaking to multiple people there, actually. Uh, agents or sporting directors and uh, I came back to Germany this was June say June 23rd still haven't made a decision yet but I, I already made the plans okay let me come back because I know that if I do stay in Europe most teams don't start preseason yet or they're just beginning and then I also knew in Thailand they also begin generally first week of July so if I make a decision I still have a little bit of time so I went back to Germany, was training every day with a small group. Um, basically, they were all free agents as well. And I got more information about Romania that it was looking less and less likely that my profile wasn't really going to, that's not what they're seeking there. If they want a non-EU player, it's got to be a young player that they could basically use to resell. So I waited, I exhausted that a little bit more. And then when it came down to the point or to the to the fact that it wasn't going to happen in Romania. It didn't seem very likely or it was just worth it to even try and go there because it seemed from three people, I was getting the same answers, which is also a good confirmation that it wasn't just one person's opinion, but it was three different people on different positions that were basically saying the exact same thing. So then Thailand was the next option. I was speaking to a few people there and uh, yeah, I just booked the ticket. So it was like getting towards the end of June. And I said, you know what? I've always wanted to play there, number one. I've always wanted to go there, too. And as we preach on the podcast, it's uh, 
when you're in the country, it's much easier to make things happen. You'll get more opportunities. We've been preaching that for many years now. And I knew that actually at that specific moment when I booked, there was nothing concrete. I was in contact with nobody in Thailand that was physically there. But I knew of someone that knew an agent that was already helping players, but he already had a few players. So that was unsure if he could even help me because he had too many players already. I messaged two other random agents that I got through people that knew these agents or worked with them before, but still kind of, they haven't really given me a straight answer if they could help or not. So there was nothing. Um, but then I said, you know what? No, I'm, this was like a Wednesday. This was Wednesday. I said, okay, let me see the flights. I looked at the flights, booked one for Saturday, a few days later with nothing. Mind, this is an important piece. There was nothing in concrete in Southeast Asia in general, let alone Just Thailand. Just like some half connections and some like, like some sort maybe of maybe I could build off of this. Networking. My idea was okay. I'm going to book this flight. I'm going to tell these people that have these half connections or directly with these half connections. Hey, I'm going to be in Thailand that Saturday. I think it was June, July second. I'm going to be there at six in the morning. Um, yeah, just letting you know. Because what we've always preached, when you make this, that text or that message, I've done this in the past. When I first started, when I first came to Europe, I did the same thing. When you make that message, now the people on the other end take you more serious. Oh, and they feel agree. inclined to help because it's like, okay, look at this player. He just committed. And you don't know if he's talking to someone else, but he messaged you personally and said, hey, I'm going to be there. That's it. Now they they might they might start working with you, but they might help. They might not. You don't know. But until you book the ticket, you're not going to get anything with me sitting in Germany. It's not, nothing's going to happen. And I felt like the window preseason was beginning, the windows shortening because their window closed. I knew at that point, it just closed the end of July, early August. There wasn't a date yet. So I knew like, hey, listen, there's only a few weeks left. I know that the weather there is extremely hot. You have to get acclimatized to the weather. The longer I'm training here in, in Germany is not going to help me with the weather aspect. And the quicker I can get used to the weather, the quicker I can perform in Thailand. So I was like, you know, I should just go as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So I went. And what happens? Maybe 12 hours after I booked the flight, I got an answer. Hey, this agent's going to help you out. Uh, he's actually looking for a center back because teams are looking for center backs that have reached out to him. Yeah. Of course they were because we know how this game works. And it's it proves my point. Exactly what I thought was going to happen. And it happened. Well, so. just to build off that too, like Sean, exactly like you said, is I think these agents get a million messages that like, oh, can you help me? Like, I want to come. And that's all good and well. And like, it's good to test the waters and stuff like that. But it's really tough to take players seriously until they're like, I'm coming. Or this is my flight. Exactly. It's booked. This is my, this is like the receipt, you know, just to give confirmation. It's the same with us. Like we have, we've helped players before in Germany and, you know, we're not really going to reach out to teams unless you're in the country because we've heard different spiels before about like, I'm coming and then you don't come. So like, they're not going to tell you that there's interest in you until you, until you're there, until you're right. there, unless you're a huge name, that's going to, you know, get a transfer fee into a first league or whatever. Exactly. You know? So like building off that, of course you got those answers right after you booked the flight because Oh yeah, no, I can take this guy seriously. Okay, I see his profile. Okay, I actually do need a center back. Yeah, let's get it going. Exactly. So that's exactly what happened. I didn't book a hotel or anything because I knew that the agent, this agent had multiple rooms in his house that he would kind of help the players that he's helping. They could stay there. 
but I knew that it was full. So I said, okay, where should I stay? Found out where his address was, looked on Airbnb, found basically the closest place to his, uh, his house. And that was it. So now I'm making it as easy as possible for this agent. Listen, I'm close to you. So I'm only a few minutes away so that we can meet. Or if you have to drive me to a training, I'm right there. I'm not across the city. So this was like on the outskirts of Bangkok. So that was also good because the traffic, if you're in the city of Bangkok to get out of it is going to take two hours because of traffic. Oh, really? So it was important to be close to the agent, especially being close or away from the city. Um, Yeah. So then I found, found the address, found the Airbnb, booked it for two weeks just to have something. I mean, it was very inexpensive in the grand scheme of things. And then I said, okay, after these two weeks, I'll see what happens because the player was apparently going to leave after those two weeks. So I could potentially move in with the agent after that, if Mm. I didn't want to stay. So yeah, that's, that's basically what happened. I get there. I landed at six in the morning. Met the agent that morning. I think we got coffee. And yeah, that was the first time we spoke. Before that, I never spoke to him directly. It was always through uh, the connection, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking on the expectations heading in, if if anyone has gone back to like those day one episodes, um, we've mentioned it multiple times too, though, but Sean played in Mongolia. But one of the interesting things I think Sean said that always stuck with me is that you kind of went into that Mongolia experience without expectations. It was just kind of like, let's just see where it goes. So having played in an Asian league, obviously Thailand is probably a little bit more well-known, well-respected in the footballing community. For sure. Um, so what were your expectations going in? Did you have any? Were they related to Mongolia experience at all? And how did that kind of shift your thinking? Yeah. I think it's a combination of both. So I, I definitely understood the mentality and the mindset of these leagues where there's only a certain number of foreign spots. So in Mongolia, there was four foreigner spots. In Thailand, there's three foreigner spots, one Southeast Asian spot, and then one Asian. So they could have a total of five foreigner spots, but three are the spots that I'm fighting for. Three, three can't. So three is outside of Asia. Outside of Asia. Exactly. 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 So I knew that going into it you have you have like that there's a much more pressure on you to perform because there's limited spots and they're signing you and paying you more for a reason so you're expected to basically be better than everyone else that's just the expectation in asia in general and that's pretty consistent throughout the countries now of course in thailand it's much better than mongolia probably like mongolian premier league sits between the third and second division in thailand Wow, Maybe okay, leaning yeah. more towards the third, to be honest. Um, yeah. So it's just a it's just a higher level, um, and of course, there's more money, so that kind of leads to why it's a higher level. Um, but expectation wise, of course, we've been networking here via footwork, actually, with people that have played in these countries, um, and I've been talking to people that played in that part of the world for like probably eight years now and seven yep. years because I always had the idea of I would love to play there. It sounds just interesting, interesting place to live, cool culture. Also, you could play football and it's just sounded like a cool thing to do and was always told that you have to go there when you're older, older twenties, early thirties is when it's ideal because you have a lot of experience. So this was like the prime age to go. Um, expectation wise, I knew it was going to be like the wild, wild west in a way. Um, unorganized tons of foreigners that are at the trial at the same time uh i did know that was going to happen mongolia was different because it was a direct contract i didn't go there first um i knew coming into thailand that it would be like that 
that it would be basically there's a l- many many foreigners there and you're fighting for just these three spots so it's pretty cutthroat and you so don't you us, might only walk have us through that trial ex- walk us through those first yeah. trials the experience and then like details in terms of really how many foreigners are we talking here and yeah. what is that experience like so it varied i mean you want me to go through each and every trial or just overall give us what happened? yeah i think give us more of the the highlights of them in terms of you know yeah, so notable first, things that yeah, stuck out to you the first the first one was with the t3 team mind you it's the beginning of their preseason so they the season for t3 starts a lot later than the second league t2 t1 there was no opportunities to get in they do their own scouting so mm-hmm. it's only t2 or t3 you can get into right without having like an insane resume so the first team was t3 i get there uh yeah, the the field is just horrible. It's like a elementary school field. Um, it was insanely hot that day. So I was training on my own for probably four or five days before I got a trial, which was good just to get mm-hmm. used to the heat. But this was the first day. It was blue skies. It was like 96 degrees before the humidity. So it was like well over 100. And training's at 2 o'clock. So I knew that was going to be an obstacle to get over. Um yeah, the training level wasn't great, but there were definitely moments in the training where I was like overheating big time and had to just be really smart with like exerting myself or just being smart with movement and when to basically when to be explosive and when to just chill. Um, yeah, but the level was not very good. There was just a few players that were like, OK, they have quality. Wasn't great. There was five other foreigners there. Um, one other center back that would have been direct competition. And yeah, it was, it was, it was okay. I I wasn't, it was lower actually than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, okay, maybe this is just this team. Maybe other T3 teams are better, which I found that we, we had, I played in a friendly match for them a few days later and the other team was much better. So uh, then I was like, okay, so there are teams in the same league that are much better than this team. This is just a bad team. Um, yeah then yeah so that was that that was that so in that friendly match i played uh 30 minutes that's it so they do a lot of the preseason matches they do three 30 minutes periods because of the heat and also just to try different players they split yeah. it up into three periods then the next one the next one might have been the t2 and that was i also trained with the team in the meantime but it was just basically to stay fit with the local team and they're a t3 team but we were training only with their like not their second team because there is no second team but the second group of players because these teams have like 40 players because we weren't actually trialing for them the agent just knew the coach so we were just training with the team to stay fit for the t2 trial on the weekend then we go there and this is in the north of thailand an eight-hour drive uh yeah very far away but much more professional. The training session from start to finish was extremely organized, professional. Players are much better. Um, it was a good session, like good warm up, good, just good exercises, and into a final, like a small sided game, into a bigger game. Just a much better session and more enjoyable. And also, yeah. I was able to show a lot more what I can do because you're playing with better players. Um, of course. And then that next day, we played just an 11v11. Amongst ourselves, because there was probably about thirteen foreigners there on trial. They signed already a few. Thirteen foreigners on trial. Thirteen foreigners on trial. Correct. Jeez. So uh, I went there with myself and three other foreigners, 
one was a center mid, one was a winger, and one was like a 10 striker. We all did extremely well. Myself and the winger did exceptional. Um, and then after that day, like I speak to the coach and the translator together and they're like, oh yeah, a very good player. Like he did really well. Um, I think he could play in any league in Thailand. But like at the end of the day, sometimes it comes down much what the coach wants tactically. So I knew when they said that, I was like, okay, it doesn't make sense. Like you say the first thing and then you say that, but to yeah. me, that's they have other plans. And uh, they're like, okay, we'll let you know. This is Saturday. We'll let you know on Tuesday. Of course, Tuesday comes around. There's no answer. Then like a week later, they turns out they signed three Brazilians that weren't there on trial. They just a direct signing. Two of which have played in Thailand, one of which was playing in Japan at the time. Now, back to the trialing stories. It was told from the beginning, and I was told from many players, that you need to play in Thailand in order for them to respect you. Despite your CV or despite what you they see in front of them, if you haven't played in Thailand before, they don't think they have just a lot of question marks. I think it has so to do getting with, in the door seems like the most the toughest part. Of you got it. Yes. Once exactly. you're in, then it's easy. Exactly. It's a little easier to get. So that for recognition for example, say I played already in T3 the previous season, and then I went to this team. I have no doubt they would assign me mm-hmm. because I already mm-hmm. played a year in Thailand. So they know basically you can handle the weather, you can handle the life, you can handle the football because it is much different. It's much faster. Of course, the weather is a factor. Um, but they're like clueless basically of the rest of the world. They're in their own little bubble there. So if you haven't played in their league or say in like another league, like Cambodian Premier League, which is like similar to the second league in Thailand, maybe the second league in Thailand is better than that, but it's better than the third division in Thailand. So you have players coming from there and they'll sign directly because they played in that part of the world already. Um, so they're looking for a lot of things off the field too, kind of just yes. to make sure that you can. Correct. Cause I'm sure they have a lot of people who come and then can't get acclimated to all that kind of stuff. And it, it leaves a really bad. Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, I can understand why they'd have that fear because the heat, I mean, it, it is, it is a huge factor. Now the T two teams train later in the evening. So it's less of a factor because the sun's not out. Um, so what time like are you t- what time are you training with the t2 teams that was at i believe five o'clock we started five at night and then yeah what is like t1 and or t3 are they training at similar times uh i'm not sure if t1 is early in the morning or later at night but it's definitely not like t- t3 trains at two o'clock or three o'clock which is just stupid because don't i mean i don't know work though don't people have to work no a lot of a lot of these t3 teams they don't surprisingly so, so you they'll, have they'll be full time professionals, but yeah, exactly, exactly. It's exactly it's full time professional, but it's far from professional. That's, That's so interesting. Yeah, there's there was a huge jump in professionalism from the sec the third to the second league, but they're both mm-hmm. considered professional. Um. Yeah, so that was that. Then uh, there was a few other trials, and one of them, once again, I just played thirty minutes in a friendly match. Um. Did well, but as a center back, it's tough to show my tough. full package. There was a chance I should, I had, there was like a, a free kick and he played it back post and I like put it back across goal. I don't know if I could have scored because the angle was like none, but like mm-hmm. someone easily could have tapped it in, but no one followed it up. So maybe you get that. You, they might change their mind. Oh, look at this. He got an assist, played 30 minutes, got an assist. Or if it happened to go in and got a goal, then that maybe changes it something. Um, and then, one of the last trials with the T3 team, we played against a T2 team and there was 27 foreigners there. 
<laughs> or more or less in the twenties. It was over twenty. Because there were players that like That's we an open tryout. Yeah, we, we started the game and only three foreigners started. And then myself and the other player that came with my agent, we came in with one other player. So that's only six players that played the first half. It was split 2020, 23. When you 20. saw that, were you just like, oh, what am, what am I getting at into? That, no, at that point, I was here for four weeks. I was there for four weeks. So I was like, oh, this is just standard. We'll just ball out. It's all good. Um, mm-hmm. I played the second half of the first half. So the last 23 minutes, whatever, um, and did well. Did well compared to the one other Korean center back that was on trial. We were the only center backs fighting for basically one spot. Uh, he made a mistake in the first in the first half that lets it directly to a goal. He played then the second part of the second half and made two mistakes immediately, and we lost the game three zero. This kid made all the mistakes. So, so in my head, I'm like, okay. So yeah. his his three mistakes led to three goals. Correct. Two of them, like, direct, like, made a pass, and the guy took the ball and scored. And the other one was, like, he messed up, and it got His, played. And then, it led exactly, to it. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. But okay, three so mistakes, he's and he played 40 the, minutes. Exactly. I standing did, out I, in a different way. I did yeah. well. We kept a clean sheet for the 20 minutes. I did some offensive things as well. Just a solid performance for the 20 minutes that I played. So I go shower, come out. And mind you, also, there's just, like, funny things. Like, there was a few players that literally just left because they didn't play. <laughs> so the game's oh, not really? over they just, left. They just left they're just like peace they just took their boots off and left and uh some played like no joke like six minutes like they went in and then they took them off to put someone else in another player like because you have to show yourself so you have a limited amount of time but like some people some of these players are just aren't great but one player he like does this like uh like robinho drag where like you open up your hips and you drag the ball across Right. Mm -hmm. So he does this kind of on the left wing and he drags it across and now he's going towards the end line and he should just whip in across with his left foot. Right. Because he did well. He beat basically two defenders. He did his job. Yeah. And this is right in front of the coach, like the stands. Right. And where the players are just sitting on the end line. So it's literally right in front of us. So he, everyone's telling him, like the foreigners, like, take him, take him, take him, you know? And he takes them and skins the two guys, like breaks their ankles. And then he should just whip the ball in. And he does a Rabonia and kicks himself and misses the ball. Oh, no. <laughs> Shit. And then the ball just trickles out of bounds slowly. He's on the ground. The coach is laughing. And then they take him out. <laughs> they took him out? I mean, the whole the whole crowd's laughing. But the coach is laughing, too, and just takes him out. And that oh, was it. Oh, no. So, like, but while you're it, ahead. There is, there, is, there is just... Like I just you gotta laugh at that point. Like, man, where are we? Where did we land? That's such an annoying thing too with like a tryout with that many players. It's like you can't really see if you fit within a system and kind of play your game. Like not wingers all. are gonna try and beat not three guys, all. like guys are gonna be trying to hit the killer pass every time. It's like yeah, one of the exactly. most annoying things to play in is like the a worst. trial game. The trial like game and you have limited trial time. players. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But that's just how it is there. And you have no idea what they're looking for either. So it's like your guess is as good as theirs. It's like, what what should I do? What does this coach want? You know? And then if you can but do coming, that, then great. Com- coming back to that center, other center back, though, I think his, his luck was a little different, if I remember yeah, correctly. Correct, correct. So now listen, I don't know for sure, but I know that in Thailand, there's a lot of business that goes on behind doors. 
So like an agent will make an agreement with the coach that, or a player, it could be directly from the player, that they're going to get a certain salary. And then every month, they're going to give the coach part of the salary to sign them. Now, this might not ha- have happened there. Really? I don't know. But yes, this is for sure a known fact. So this happens. You're not sure in which circumstances, yeah, over, but this, over, this is over known the to happen. Over course of a month, this is absolutely, this is like a fact. Everyone knows it. How now, is that not? That's illegal though, right? Obviously. Yeah, of course it is. But it's, yeah, this is just how it works. But it's there. known that it's known this that this known. happens. It's a fact that it happens. And this happens with giant salaries and this happens with small salaries too. Um, it could just be like you give them a few hundred bucks. Which there's you're getting fifty, you're getting a hundred euros, and you got to give a coach half of it. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, if you know, I don't know for a fact. I was told that the coach was not a straight guy; he didn't do stuff like this. But the agent of this Korean player was sitting next to the coach the entire time. So I go to shower, I come out, I say to my agent, "Did he talk to the coach?" He says, "Yeah, they signed the Korean center back." I said, how is that possible? <laughs> like if he played, if he played well or he played good enough, I can understand it because he's fighting for a different spot than me. Right. He has the foreigner spots and he has the Asian spot. True, so yeah. by taking him over me, they still leave three foreigner spots for maybe they want like forwards or wingers or something. So I can understand it. But for a center back to make three mistakes that lead to goals and lose a game three zero. And they take over someone else who had a good game himself. You just, if it looks like a dog and it walks like a dog, it's probably a dog. Maybe they gave him payments. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. Maybe they signed him for free. To, they could have signed him for free. And that also could to be, be fair, free. though, to be fair, though, he didn't make a mistake for a fourth. So there was. That's right. I mean, that's he, right. He was he was playing, you know. But still, so, like I don't you know. Said, I don't know. But it was just speculation. A, but. Yeah, it's speculation, and I wouldn't say that he did it, but I'm not going to say he didn't do it. So it could be. I don't know. I'm interested <laughs> to see how the team does. But uh, like at that point, that was basically the end of the window. I like I did everything I could. I played extremely well at the only T2 trial I got. Actually, in the end, I didn't even wasn't even able to get another trial with the second uh, second division team. Like I did everything I could. And then thrown into mm-hmm. the the mix. I didn't say this yet. I was there for three or four days, and it came out that the football federation. This goes back to all the corruption. The president's been stealing money from the football federation of the president of the football federation has been taking money. So this season that I went, the third division normally would get sixty thousand U.S. dollars a season, and that what basically. Do you mean? The- the league would what does that mean the league exactly so the football federation would give every single team in the third division sixty thousand us dollars gotcha and generally speaking those teams would usually take that money and spend it on three foreigners for the season yeah Yeah. okay and that's where they basically paid the foreigners the thai players are making very little and then asians also depends get less than foreigners but it depends of course T2 then got less money than they were supposed to get, and T1 gets less money than they're supposed to get. But T3, they just completely cut out because the president was basically paying last year's dues with this year's money. Wow. Because what he's terrible timing. Siphoning. Yeah, he's been siphoning money, whatever, whatever it is. But that changes everything. That changes the landscape because now T3 teams aren't spending what they usually spend, or they're just signing players for free, which wound up in the end happening, as saying a lot of 
Korean and Japanese players for free because really in general, these players are younger and have their parents funding them to play there. Of course, it doesn't cost much to live there, actually. And they have no resume or anything in terms of football. So they go to Thailand, create one, and then they either work their way up in Thailand or they go back to their country, Japan or Korea. And now they have a bit of highlights and a resume. So it's hard to com- it's course, hard to compete with people who will play for free, man. Right. So then the last two weeks when teams start hearing that teams are signing players for free, then everyone else says, Oh, we don't have money. We're signing players for free. We can offer nothing or like a hundred dollars yeah. a month or something. Yeah. So that was yeah, the timing of it wasn't great. If I knew that before, probably wouldn't have went because yeah, it just wouldn't have made sense. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's that's kind of uh, went through about everything about the trials. There you go. That's that's it. There right we have there. it. I think yeah. I mean it. that's that's fascinating. Crazy like I said, experience. we're gonna we're gonna cover a few more things like on the deep dive. Like we'll get into more of the, uh, you know, your purchasing power there, and you know, just how that whole league system works in terms of wages and stuff like that. We'll get all into that. But for you, just like I mean, speaking about a few customs, I know in the games that there's a lot of respect to the coaches and things like that. So um, I would love, I think this is so interesting It's something that would never happen in Germany, which no. is even more interesting. Um, but yeah, so like, what do they, what do they do? What is that respect that, I, that I'm kind of preluding to? Yeah. So there's a few, a few things with the respect. First, we'll start after the game. Now, I don't know if this is during the season or just the friend preseason friendlies, but I can only, but this is just from your experience. Yeah. Exactly. Um, after every game, you go as a team and you stand in front of the other coach who's like basically st- still standing where the bench would be, right? You go over to him, you line up and you stand in front of the coach and like how you say, like greet someone basically is you put your hands like in a prayer form in front of your face, like say in front of your mouth or like right under your chin and you just like a, a little quick bow is basically how you say hi or you would say hello while doing that. Or like when your teammates and stuff come, you just do that. You don't say anything. You just do that. And that's mm-hmm. like a way mm-hmm. of greeting. But you go to the opposing coach and as a team, you do it. And he does it back to you. Basically like saying thank you, I guess. And then, of course, that team goes to your coach and does the same thing. So that's unique off the bat. Something then, oddly beautiful about it. Maybe not even oddly. It's just yeah, that's kind of. It is nice. It is nice. It is nice. And then also, if there was like just, a hard, I'm just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm just picturing like all of us bowing to wags. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. Oh, that would be amazing. Everyone, everyone bowing to Sean Dyche as he just yeah, like right? kissed the ring. Exactly. Um, Love that. And uh, also another one is like, uh, if there was a hard foul, this is now. This is I don't know if this is in season. This is friend friendly matches preseason stuff if there's a hard foul and the coach would like get mad and stuff the player would like kind of apologize to the player and also turn to the coach and apologize same thing like not saying anything but put his to the opposing coach or to your own coach no to like the opposing coach basically you hurt a player right yeah i okay. would say sorry to you but then also turn to the coach and like do the bow thing again with like in the prayer that form. is so interesting so like saying sorry i cannot for picture that in like a different that. environment yeah no um so that that was super unique um culture customs that's a that's like the biggest one 
Um, just how many things are different. I mean, like getting around, like you kind of spoke about like the traffic in, in Bangkok, but I mean, you're from my understanding, it's like, what is the percentage of scooter? It's like very high, yeah, right? Like a lot, a lot of scooters. It's probably like 50, 50. It's hard to judge because there's just so many of them, but it's probably 50, 50. Mm -hmm. Also, they drive on the left side of the road. I didn't know that before going there. So that was unique. Oh, I didn't know I that thought, either. I thought that would be. That was the first time actually ever being in a country that did that. I was in England, but very briefly in London, and I didn't drive. So I thought when I drove the scooter, because the Airbnb had one that I could use, I thought that would be tricky to pick up and like potentially dangerous. But actually, yeah, it, it just made sense. I don't know. You just you follow traffic. Is it dangerous one. though, or is it kind of the, is it the same no, no, so traffic that, laws? Or yeah, so it's like it we weirdly seems there that because there's so many scooters. People drive extremely defensive and safe and cautious. So like it oh, okay. looks like chaos from from when you just see it's it. It's like a lot of like hesitation, stop, go kind of thing. Correct. A lot of, but it seems like <laughs> chaos because there's everything. And obviously you have scooters splitting lanes and stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, what I've noticed, because even one of the friendly matches, I drove the scooter like an hour and a half to the game, which was probably not the smartest thing in the end. Could have been a better way to get there. But that was with the first one. The team sucked anyway. Um, hour and a half on a scooter yeah in the heat i mean not not good uh <laughs> but Crisp. yeah people people don't seem to change lanes as much so that takes a lot of the the dangerous aspect of it because you just in, in on the scooter you stay on the outside of like so there you'd stay on the left side of the lane in europe you'd stay on the right side right so like the slower part so you stay really yeah, yeah. to the edge of the lane. On each lane, it's like that. But then cars that are going straight for a while will just stay in the lane. So you don't have mm -hmm. cars interchanging lanes. The scooters are doing that. But oh, I found from the five weeks of there, cars don't change lanes as much. It's like, okay, I got to get around this car. Let me speed around him. They don't do that as much. So that I think that's where a lot of accidents happen. I mean, I did see one Definitely. scooter get hit by a car. But it was Ooh. in a situation where it should have never happened. And it was like so slow. I mean, the people did fly off the scooter, but it was like at basically no speed. But I guess it's just enough that if you put them off balance, they go flying. But it was like mm -hmm. there. So there's these, there's like a, an off road. Well, it's not a busy road, but it's like kind of a side road, say. But there's these bridges that connect the main road to this off road. And there's no stop signs or lights. So it's just a four-way intersection that's kind of a free-for-all. And you just, like I said, it's everyone's really Inch cautious. So it's like, it's just, yeah, you just inch your way, basically. And uh, the car was inching his way off the bridge, a pickup truck. And the scooter decided, like, he's on the left side of the road, right? So if you drive straight, you're going to hit this guy. He's trying to make a right turn. And the scooter decided, I'm going to go in front of the car to try and speed around him. And I guess the truck never saw him and he just inched forward. And yeah, the two people went flying. They they got up, but I'm sure they were pretty hurt. But that was the only accident I saw, which I was surprised. I thought there'd be a lot more accidents based on how the traffic looks. But it seems that it was a little more like organized chaos than you'd think. But yeah. I'm picture let's do a let's do a podcast in Thai traffic. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I was there, I was saying like, listen, when I sign here, I'm for sure getting like a GoPro and mounting it on the scooter just so you can have like so a perspective. Exactly. I'm it sure there's perspectives crazy. on YouTube. Like, that's crazy. There's got to be. There's got to be. But it, that's like outside the city. In the city is even crazier because in central Bangkok, then it's like the scooters. It's insane. But mm. it's just more people and the traffic is everyone's just everywhere. inching their way out of the city for eight hours. I just think that's yeah. so crazy. So, um, yeah, that, that was, there really was one. Unique. There was there was another one I wanted to touch on, which was I kind of wanted to. Cause I think we could talk about food and cuisine for hours. 100%. But what what was like your favorite meal when you were there? Um. So there, there was three dishes I would say that were like the most tasty. So I, so the agent had a chef at his house that like a guy that would cook food and stuff for the players, mm -hmm. and I had very often, probably like five or six times a week, pad thai just for a meal. Either there's a lunch or something, but it's but just you said light. It's different, right? It is. It tastes completely different than I've had here. Yes, but if, I mean, all the food, of course, is going to be different. Even like the food from yeah where I was staying to the center of the city is different, you know, cause they just okay. make a different flavor for the tourists and foreigners, I guess where I was, there wasn't, there weren't many foreigners. Um, but that's just like, I knew I could eat that meal and I'd be good. Like no stomach issues, nothing. It was easy to digest. I could play right after eating that like a few hours after the best dishes though, probably it could be number one was when we went to the Northern part of Thailand to the trial, there's a dish there. That's basically like a a red curry with chicken and like these wonton cracker things and like fermented onions, pickles, and something else. And it was just amazing. Like Classic. the flavor was unbelievable. But it's famous in this area. So it's <laughs> yeah. you can't really get you can't get that in Bangkok or it's not gonna taste the same at least. Then uh another dish um is like it's pork, cilantro mint leaves a lot of red onion a lot of chili obviously to taste soy sauce fish sauce and like this toasted this toasted rice powder that's the biggest flavor in it and then you put lime juice mm -hmm. also so it's like the meal the the food there i found is like it hits they're trying to hit every part of your taste buds like the best meals so it's like the amount of Seems flavor like it, yeah. in the food was ridiculous this is called nom talk for anyone mm -hmm. out there i think n-o-m-t auk that that oh, was yeah. like probably the most flavorful it was like unbelievable especially if you like spicy if you don't like spicy food i feel like that takes away from it because if you mix in the spice to it it just like is crazy um I love spicy food and then there was another dish that was just like basically chilies garlic uh but spice in general is but like spice spice you, spice exactly there's a lot of spicy spice, food yeah. you can always ask spicy. for no spice but there's a lot of spicy stuff and if you don't say anything it's going to be really spicy. spicy. And the chef Love made that. one meal that was the first time I ate something that was so spicy that I couldn't actually in the end finish it because I was sweating so much. You're crying. Crying, getting nauseous, like a head high from it. I mean, it was a, it was a crazy experience. <laughs> but that was I like, mean, dude, it makes sense. I don't even it's think you could relate like a, to it. Like you could, drink, you could drink a bottle of hot sauce. It wouldn't replicate it. Because it's just so many chilies <laughs> that are in it. Yeah, it's like, so that was an experience. But I mean, yeah, just 
the flavor and the food and it's, everything is so inexpensive. So mm. that makes it nice. But yeah, definitely got some dish ideas to make here. I've tried to make the one like chili garlic and chicken dish, but it doesn't taste anything like it. So I got to keep trying. I mean, overall, you spent like five weeks there and it's cool because it's like it's a vacation in a way. Obviously, all of these are like you're traveling. It's more on an adventure side. But for you, it's you weren't really like you're there living. So you kind of got to see like how it could be from a day to day, which I think is super interesting. So you kind of got a really good feel of the country and all that. But, you know, like we preach on this and like what's happened many times in our career, sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes you invest money and you invest time. And, you know, the thing is, is obviously you would have liked to get a contract that you, you know, wanted or thought you could see yourself staying there. But for multiple reasons, things didn't work out. But I think obviously you would feel that there's no regrets in all this, even though like I, you you invested money and time and nothing came of it. There's no regrets from that. No, I mean, if I could do it again, I would have done it the exact same way. Like even, for example, the agent really pushed like, listen, take a, a T3 contract for this amount of money. It's not a ton, but get your foot in the door. And after the first leg is done, so four months, then you can get a move. Like he really, and I said, no, I have no problem doing that. Like I, I can understand that that I might have to do that and I have no problem doing that. So make a name for myself, play in the country and then make a move because now I have, I've played in the country. I understand that. But then when I went to the T3 team and they were terrible and then I went to the T2 team and did really, really well, then I was like, okay, I'm not going to take a T3 team yet because there were offers that I could have took that I could have took yeah. right then. I was like, let's just wait because the T3 teams start much later. So they're going to sign players later, which was, I thought that was how it was going to be. And clearly I can play T2 because I just killed it for two days. I was one of the best players overall there. For sure, other T2 teams, if this is a better T2 team, they finished, I think, eighth the year before out of 20. So, okay, I can play. It's just a matter of finding the opportunity. So, and then in the end, it wound up, okay, there's not many options left. Okay, they're only paying a small amount of money. Okay, actually, no, they're only signing players for free. And then that was it. So, and the window closed earlier. I thought... Originally, we thought T2 was going to close August 4th and T3 was open till like the end of August because they don't start till September. But then the FA probably just doesn't want to do work. They're like, nah, all leagues close August 4th. Four new players. If you played in Thailand before, you can, like if your player pass was there already, you could sign a thing until August 20th, so this weekend. But yeah, I would I would have done the same thing because it's like you got to take a risk and I felt for sure that this risk was worth it. And it was in the end because say the FA was still giving money to T3 teams, I could have then still gone and found a team in the end because they would have had money. But because of the whole football, the federation thing, no teams had money or they just were using at that point, listen, we don't have money. We're not, I mean, some teams didn't even sign foreigners. They said, now nah, we're just going to have tie players this season. Whether they have money or not, this is just what they did. They might be just saving because... I also felt as from a business perspective, this is a great year to get promoted to T2 because if you invest, you have less competition. Or if you just want to stay middle of the league, you just don't invest any money and you just finish middle of the league and save the money for the next season because 
the foreigners that do sign probably won't be great because they're signing for free. So I think in the end, that's what happened. And I don't regret any of it. I would do it exactly the same. I enjoyed the five weeks. I think I said to you, I trained, I played with a team, I think only nine times or 10 times. And some of those were 20 minutes, you know? So actually I was there just chilling and training on my own and seeing Thailand more than I was actually playing football. So yeah, it was great. Highly recommend the place. Yeah. So I think that wraps up Sean's time in Thailand, five weeks. It was a, a trial vacation adventure for sorts, definitely a learning experience. And, you know, I think it's going to set the stage for another episode that will be coming a deep dive into Thailand for those who are interested in, in going, because I think there is opportunities, but obviously there are, doesn't come without its difficulties as we've kind of lined out in, in Sean's experience. But this is what you have to do. You have to take these chances. You have to bet on yourself. You have to invest. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out, but, you know, if you can do it and you can still be fine, if it doesn't work out, that's what we preach. Like you got to try, you got to knock on doors. You got to book that flight because Sean came out of it. A new man. He's a, he's a completely new, <laughs> new man. man. He's putting 10 times the amount of spice completely. in his food. That's the, you're crazy. Damn right. you're but damn I think right. that's, I mean, and I love what you said, like you would do it the exact same way. There's no regret in it because you were betting on yourself. You wanted to try. And, you know, in the end it was, of course it, it comes and there's there's things that are scary and booking that flight is always a scary thing you're going into it and you don't actually know anyone on the ground there but it just goes to show you can you can make things happen and sean got a ton of you know you got a good amount of trials and there was interest in people who wanted to sign you and in the end it didn't work out you're aiming for things but that's the nature of the game and the, the i think the important thing is is that you just have to fucking rip off those training wheels and try it. Book the flight, go, get on the ground and see what you can do. Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't right, agree more else? over there. Any housekeeping? Couldn't agree more. Your favorite one. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Couldn't um, agree more. Any housekeeping? Yeah, basically just keep plugging and passing. Um, yeah. Of course, of course, things have been moving. There's a lot of moving parts still for us, but we will be back with guests at some point. Um, just a scheduling thing at this point it's a time thing and uh, but we want to keep this content coming we want to give people information because we get hit up with consultations and bring keep bringing those consultations uh, forward uh, guys and girls because I think it's a great networking opportunity for both of us and you know you can ask us anything and we can get into it but I think these episodes that really provide information for footballers is what it's all about because these deep dives we're trying to we're trying to let you know, of course, our experiences like Sean's experience in Thailand. We want to get into all of these countries so you have all the information you need in order to take that step and book that flight and see how you can maneuver and, you know, re-maneuver. And, you know, that's the nature of the game because as Sean and I will tell you, and you can go back to all of our episodes, as Americans that came from a D3 school, there's not that much opportunity in the U.S. So we had to go out and find it. And I think it's there for so many people, too, if they just take the first step so with all that information we're trying to lower the excuse rate for why you're not following your dream all said so until next time keep moving forward keep learning and make your own path
Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands that make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official Footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos. Those are great, but more importantly, amazing content for any dream chasers out there. Plug, plug, pass. Tell your friends, your enemies, your mother, your brother, your sister, your pastor. It doesn't matter who. Tell the mailman, your dog, anybody that can listen. Like, subscribe, review, because all of that helps while you're there. We'll take whatever we can get to join the club. Join the club. He messed me up. I mean, he can just he can just mash it together, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>